Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. Every mom and dad want the best for their kids. And of course, you want your children to reach their potential uh, academically, uh, in athletics, just in life as a leader. But if you're not careful, you can become too involved and then start micromanaging your kids. And that can be a problem. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, it's helpful for us as parents to keep the big picture in mind. And you kind of alluded to this in the last episode, at some point to learn to let go of our kids. Yeah, it's it's easy for us to go to performance to, to figure out our success as parents because that's the external view from everyone else. If my kids are successful, then I must have been good and I feel better about myself. And that's not what parenting's about. It's a journey of, of depth and transformation for you and for your child, and that's being able to learn to love in a steadfast way. And sometimes when your kids are imperfect, that's when you, you go to the deepest level in your love towards them. And so uh, this is really, I, I remember a story of a young man that came to counseling, and the two parents were very controlling, uh, go-getters. Uh, they, they were very involved in this, this young man's life and wanted the best for him. And he said, I cannot wait. That was a confidential side. He said, I cannot wait to leave the home and get as far away from my parents as possible because I'm tired of being controlled and micromanaged, and I will not call them ever again. Oh. I am done with this. The, they've destroyed my life. They want to, they, they, I, I, I don't know who I am. Uh, hmm. And that's what can happen uh, with good intentions. Uh, you can create a, a ridge that you don't even know you're creating. So be careful with that. What you want to do is equip a child to learn how to make decisions and to want to come home. And also for you as a parent to... Uh, really develop a history that both of you want to remember, and that is uh, imperfections and all. Many times we remember with laughter the imperfect moments, um, sometimes with uh, great anticipation of the next challenge you're going to face as as a parent and child. Uh, Looking back at pictures together Hmm. can give you a good opportunity to remember those moments that were imperfect. Look at those as opportunities to have memory markers together in in the past and not trying to create everything into perfection. Mm, I appreciate that. And uh, let's go ahead and hear now from Michael Anderson and Dr. Timothy Johansson 
they spoke to Jim Daly and me about one important way that you can give your child some more responsibility in that process of learning to let go. Uh, we've talked about that shaming aspect, and um, I just want to remind those that might be joining for the first time, uh, that is really devastating in terms of the residual effect of shaming. Mm-hmm. Before we leave that topic, talk about the 20-something that's been in that household of shame. What's the outcome of it? So that if we have the younger child in the home, it helps us to bite our lip and not say those destructive things as a parent. But help help me with a 13 and 15-year-old looking down the road why at 25 and 28, my kids, if I've shamed them, uh, what will that relationship look like? I, I see it in kids that are much younger than that, but it certainly becomes even more of a problem for those young adults. Um, when I'm in the clinic and I have a patient come in who's chronically shamed, and it doesn't take long to figure this out, you can just see their whole body change in the office while the mother or the father keeps barraging them with shameful things. Uh. And I think that is a child that grows up with significant resentment. Well, and I, you know, I admit that uh, I think all of us as parents have those moments. I can remember with one of my boys, you know, they weren't doing well with some of their classes. And I said, you know, if you don't get going, your career is going to be a ditch digger. And I had said this maybe three or four times over the course of a year. And he finally looked at me and said, Dad, hey, as long as I love the Lord, what's wrong with digging ditches? <laughs> I mean, I was like, wow, okay, touche. Yeah. And I stopped saying Stop that. Stopped saying that one. There's, so, the, there's the young attorney. But, that, <laughs> but that's a great point, isn't it? We were, You know, my goal, wrongfully, was how to motivate him to do better in school by pointing out his career choices are going to be more limited if he's not getting a a grade point average that is reflective of his ability. But just talk about that for a second, how when you see the potential there, this kid's bright. I know he could do much better. I think this illustration captures some of the heart of the conscientious parent. Um, I have asked kids, parents in my office working with families of adolescents for 15 years, If we drew up a contract here that if your child had a three, four grade point, you would agree to never mention school to them, would you sign the contract? Hmm. So what I'm trying to do there is get, tell the kid that if you want to be free from your parents nagging, just maintain this grade point average. And they are forbidden by this contract to ever mention homework if you maintain this grade point average. Oh, that's good. And it, it works beautiful. Um, the my parents da- are forbidden. Yeah, that's, I like that. My da- I, I wouldn't. If mind my being daughter forbidden. were here today, she would say, in her entire childhood, she never remembers me or my wife ever mentioning homework, in her whole childhood. Yeah. Well, she was a straight A student. No, she wasn't. <laughs> but she barely made it over that threshold. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing: in all these years, I've asked parents to do that. Ninety percent of them won't sign the contract. Because the parents won't. They won't because. They because they want the right to badger their kid about homework, whether their kid's doing well or not. Wow, that is heavy duty. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we're right at the end of the day. So we've got to come back next time and explore this a bit more, look at some other examples that help us as parents think differently about how we're helping and equipping our children to launch well and in a healthy way as adults. Can we stick with it? Great. Absolutely. So, Danny, Dr. Johansson uh, touched on this, but I wonder if you have anything to add. And I'm asking for a friend. 
It's really hmm. important to learn how to break the habit of nagging and monitoring and catching our kids. Um, why is it important and how do we do that? Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's a relationship with, with your child where they can uh, have the safety to fail, to uh, make mistakes so that they truly learn. And you're creating true ownership in your child's life. Uh, having frequent check-ins with your kids is important. You know, how are you doing? How, how do you think it's going? Maybe asking them, what would you title this chapter you're in? Hmm. What would the title be? What do you, what do you want it to be? And uh, I know with my son, I've said, hey, this is your mind that you're putting stuff into, which affects your life. And so what, how do you think you're doing with, with managing what's going in? Because this is, this is your mind. It's yeah. not mine that I have to live with. And this is your story. How do you think it's being written? And articulating that from a your, this is your, this is ownership, this is your relationship with the Heavenly Father, helping them have that ownership is is key because then they can own it, imperfections and all, and they're not insecure about having some imperfections. You it, make it a common conversation. Yeah, and it feels to me like the, actually the place to begin all of this is when your child is quite young. Yes. Let them take ownership of little things in life where the stakes aren't so high. Right, and and showing that consequences come after the just naturally, or after it's said once or twice. If 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 we bring consequences after multiple reminders and then yelling, and then screaming, they're going to learn to wait for that when it's an emergency or urgent, or there's enough nagging that I'm tired of it. And now I'm going to do something just to make you happy and get you off my back, instead of. I've asked you to do this, and then at the end of that, there's a consequence, yeah. and then they get to decide how they handle that in the future. That's on you as a parent. It'll make parenting easier on you, even though it makes it uncomfortable emotionally. And uh, again, that's about warmth with boundaries is so key, and that's what we talk about in the seven traits of yeah. effective parenting, the balance of those two. And that's where you can start with the assessment and then go into the traits. And part of that is that the, the intentional moments of conversation and guidance with your kids and handling boundaries first on yourself and then your kids. That's so important. Otherwise, you get caught up in the cycle of just nagging because you don't have control. Okay, now um, go ahead, and you, you've, you've alluded to it. You mentioned it quickly, but there are a couple of things associated with the seven traits. The first is a free parenting assessment we have. Right. Describe that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an assessment that we've built for parents to understand how they're doing on the on the seven traits and a starting point to bless your family. If you're doing really, really well, then you can bring those traits to your family. If you're not doing as well, then it gives you opportunity for growth. But these are seven traits that have been uh, discovered through scientific research. It's the balance of that warmth and sensitivity I talk about and also boundaries and rules in a home that are loving and with purpose. And it's also based on biblical principles and there's a book that you can get, The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, that I wrote. And uh, you can dig into, into very practical tools there. Or you can also go to a, a lot of information that we have on our webpage after you take the assessment. Again, the, and that's focusonthefamily.com slash the number seven and then traits. And you go right to the assessment and then a lot of tools right there. Excellent. Well, we have a, a lot of people working here to help you in your parenting journey, and so this podcast is just one small aspect of all the different resources we have to try to help you as a mom or a dad. 
Um, I will suggest that if you can, donate today so we can help other parents uh, with free assessments, with that book that Danny mentioned. Um, When you donate today, uh, your one-time gift or a monthly pledge, if you can, um, no matter how much or how little you're able to offer at this point in time, we'll say thank you by sending a copy of the book by Michael Anderson and Dr. Timothy Johansson called GIST, The Essence of Raising Life-Ready Kids. Uh, we've featured it a number of times here on this uh, podcast. Uh, so donate today and we'll send the book to you. Our number is 800-A-FAMILY or we have additional details about the book, about donating, and about the 7 Traits Assessment and that 7 Traits book all in the episode notes. Well, on behalf of Danny and the entire team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 